0: Good morning, afternoon, and evening, and welcome to the 8311cast, your premier Midwestern based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, Ari and Wyatt Teeter, as we talk about the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and of course, our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules and Write That Down Predictions, here on episode 221. <laughs> we have a fun fact sweet. courtesy of kyle
1: yeah so courtesy of jeff P- passan or passan however you want to say it depending on which coast you're from uh he did some stat diving on the on major league baseball so far this season and i'm going to give you some of the stats we're going to zoom in and, and focus on the al east versus the al central right now uh and you'll see uh why here in a second so first off uh, in record by division, the AL East is sitting at 84 and 48 with a 63.6% win percentage with the AL central sitting at a measly 51 and 80 with a 38.9% win percentage. What this means is the entire AL East is playing at a one, 103 win pace and the AL central is playing at a 63 win pace. If, you were to exclude the record against divisional opponents, so AL East outside of the AL East, AL Central outside of the AL Central, the AL East has an even better record, 65 and 29 with a 69.1% win percentage, and the AL Central is forty and sixty-nine with a thirty-six point seven percent win percentage, which is worse. So they have a worse record against better teams.
2: But but but, but, but in defense when you take away the five hundred games from a team above five hundred, or a division in this case, they get better. And you take away from the one below five hundred, they get worse. That's just math. That's not statistics.
1: I, I'm just go I'm just showing the statistics here. Because Jeff did. So there's that. Even further if you want to go further, the AL East has a plus 158 run differential and the AL Central has a minus 153 run differential. And just because Oakland is laughable uh, and Major League Baseball is showing replays, exclu- like cropping out signs that say sell the team, uh, the AL West run differential, including Oakland, is negative 17. But if you take away oakland's run differential the al west west has a run differential of plus 100 so there you have it the the teams that are bad this season are really bad and the al east which has a few teams in it uh, including the the baltimore orioles who didn't no one thought they would be this good have been above average this season and playing really good baseball, including the Tampa Bay Rays, obviously, as they started a near, well, it was sort of historic start to the season. But yeah, I mean, now you have the White Sox. uh, What's that guy's name? Uh, Luis Robert basically jogging out a infield hit that he would have beat. Um, and then getting benched right after it, so the Chicago White Sox are down bad right now too in the AL Central. There you have it. There's your fun fact of the week. Any comments on that?
2: I mean, I just, I just want to touch on Oakland, just as an as a, as an idea of how bad they are. They're differential, as you may have implied from Kyle's uh, stat is minus one. Well, right now his stat is a couple days old. Um, minus one seventeen. The the Twins, for example haven't given up 117 runs yet this year. That's how bad Oakland is. Their run differential is worse than is lower than the number of runs that some teams have given up. That's not good. No. Oakland is very very bad.
1: They're very bad. Yeah, very bad. So, and with that that that's all we have there uh if you didn't know the nfl draft uh did happen this past weekend uh it was the second largest event crowd for a traveling nfl draft in league history second to nashville i believe in like 2019 maybe um based on that stat so kansas city hosted pretty decent NFL draft um, I did not go down to any of the festivities um, but it looked exciting from from what was happening uh, there were a lot of trades in this draft that was the one thing kind kind of, kind of uh basically set this draft apart from a lot of other drafts it was the most draft day trades in league history we did have a trade including a player uh deandre swift was traded from the detroit lions to the philadelphia eagles the philadelphia eagles are basically assuming the uh uh, the georgia bulldogs defense um onto the nfl rosters so that was a big storyline but another storyline was Cyclones getting drafted to the NFL. Uh, Will McDonald was a first-round pick to the Jets. I believe that was pick 15, uh, if I remember correctly. A little bit of a surprise uh, when his name came across the screen for me. Um, I messaged everyone on the in our, our little group chat and said, uh, "Will McDonald here?" Like I. He thought he could be a first rounder, but that high in the first round was really surprising. Uh, he gets to reunite with Brees Hall, who he played with at Iowa state and then Cyclone, um, Alan Lazard, who was signed with the jets this past off season. So really exciting for him there. Uh, Hutchinson, Xavier Hutchinson was drafted in the sixth round to the Texans. Um, I think you'll have a pretty good shot of making that opening day roster for the team. Um, we'll see how that goes. And then Anthony Johnson was selected to the Packers, uh, in the seventh round. So another cyclone heading up to green Bay, um, with the Packers, quite a few, uh, undrafted free agent signings, um, across the league. Uh, we'll keep our eyes on those and see if any of them do make opening day rosters. Uh, but that's kind of how you have, that's how, uh, the NFL draft shook out. Any any uh, concerns or comments about the NFL draft? Any anybody feel a certain way about how their team drafted? I feel weird thinking that I might like I should be a Jets fan now or something. So
0: I don't have you know, I don't have an NFL favorite team. So do I go with the Jets or the 49ers? It's, it seems like it's between those two now with the amount of Cyclones on both teams.
2: Who else is on forty nine besides Brock Purdy?
0: I mean just, just Brock Purdy but the, the name Brock Purdy, I mean that's equivalent to three or four cyclones, I suppose <laughs> and he's a quarterback I mean and yeah you're gonna you're going hear
3: his name more than everybody else true yeah, I agree it's hard. I'm like on one hand, I want to root for all the the cyclones and the jets, but also I just don't really want to root for Aaron Rodgers, so you know six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. uh we'll see how it goes. um one thing I had about the draft. Not about any team in particular. I guess I was just shocked that two running backs went in the top 12 picks. I, I thought we had all come to the agreement that taking a running back that high is not a great use of your draft capital. Especially when we've seen so many teams succeed with running backs that they take in the rounds four through six. I, we Seven. We just saw Pacheco have a great year for the Chiefs. I don't get it. And they're never worth getting a second contract to. I was just surprised to see that many running backs, two running backs taken before any wide receivers.
2: Yeah, like I, I figured Bijan Robinson might be a first rounder, but like, especially that high, really confused. Like, yeah. is Bijan Robinson that much better than Brees Hall? Was he in college? I thought Brees Hall was probably the better back. I think it was close.
1: Uh, well, so Bijan's sophomore year, I guess is junior year. Bijan might have been better, but Brees Hall's sophomore year, Brees was much better. I think so. I don't know. I would equate them to about the same back, maybe. But everyone likes his upside, and and maybe his, you know, really unique hair. Are either of those backs better than Todd Gurley was? Are they better than
3: you know Melvin Gordon was? Those guys were really good coming out, and you know, I don't know that it was worth taking them where they were. They were really good for three to five years and then they just weren't worth anything running back is a brutal position man it just it does not pay to spend that much money you're not going to get would you rather have three and a half to five years of elite running back play or 10 to 14 years of elite
1: offensive tackle play you know what i mean
3: yeah they no, just I, don't last that long or a
1: yeah or a star defensive end i mean right. you see a lot of teams going Defensive line, offensive line. line you protect your quarterback. If you're not in a position to draft a generational quarterback, you you go and get you know either the best player available who's generational talent, and that's what the Texans did when they traded back up to pick three to get Will Anderson. Um, I I don't know it. I, A lot of people seem shocked that two running backs went in the first round. And I was especially surprised with Detroit's pick of Jameer Gibbs. I felt like they had bigger holes than running back, especially since they had DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery on that team. So, and then obviously they traded DeAndre Swift. So I, I don't know. It is what it is, but yeah, it was a, it was a crazy draft. I would say.
2: Yeah, I agree. It was, it was not an interesting job. and I got thrown off by the only thirty-one picks in the fourth round or first round because the Dolphins had to forfeit theirs. Yep. Why are the Chiefs picking at thirty-one? They won. They should be. Pick- oh, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: but that's it. Uh, th- only three quarterbacks are taken in the first round with Will Levis sliding to the second round. It was kind of sad to see him just sit there and kind of mope all evening, <laughs> not going uh, and being picked at all, but. Uh, it is what it is. I thought Minnesota was going to take him, but then Minnesota t- uh, took Jordan Addison. Um, so, yeah, it was it was an interesting draft. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, and this just really kind of starts ramping us up for the 2023 NFL season.
2: It does start ramping us up for that season, um, but... Long before the uh, NFL season ramps up, uh, we got to finish up uh, the NBA and NHL. Uh, Arian, how are we doing in the NBA?
3: Yeah, as of last night, uh, Sunday night, the first round is officially over. Uh, That last game we were waiting on was uh, Kings-Warriors. That was the only Game 7 we had in the first round. Uh, The Warriors did take it from the Sacramento Kings and the Sacramento Kings' home stadium. Uh, a little bit of a bummer for Kings fans, but I don't think any of them are hanging their heads too far. Nobody expected them to be anywhere near where they are now. They took the reigning champs to seven. They were a three seed in the West. It looks sustainable. I think they're pretty excited to be where they are. i um, just going over the general first round uh, results. Um, Miami beat Milwaukee four to one in something that I don't think anybody really saw coming last episode. I said that my money would easily be on Milwaukee, even if Giannis missed the games. He didn't miss them, and they still lost. Uh, New York just kind of manhandled Cleveland 4-1, to one, just kind of completely dissolved their offense. It, they looked pretty ugly, and it seems obvious that they need another piece in the summertime if they're going to compete in the postseason next year. They need to find out what they need to do at their three spot. Um, Philadelphia, with the only sweep in the first round, Four to zero on Brooklyn. Uh, the bad news for them is that Joel Embiid has a uh, sprain in his knee, I believe, uh, and he is not going to play Game One versus the Celtics tonight. And nobody really knows going forward. It sounds like he might not play at all this season, from what I've heard. But we'll see what happens there. Um, Boston, Atlanta. Boston beat them four to two in a series that was still closer than it should have been, but they took care of business eventually. Uh, Denver beat Minnesota 4-1, to one, and not too much to talk about there. Uh, Phoenix went ahead and knocked off the starless L.A. Clippers with PG and Kawhi riding the bench the entire time. We already talked about Sacramento and Golden State, and then you had the Lakers and the Grizzlies. After all the trash talk and all the this and that, and LeBron's too old, the Lakers go ahead and knock out the Grizzlies 4-2. to two. So maybe they should have spent a little bit more time on the court and less time in the media.
2: Oh, it's like that should happen all the time. (laughs) Yeah,
3: we've had two games already in the second round, and that is Miami defeating New York and Denver defeating Phoenix. Uh, Miami also is probably going to miss Jimmy Butler for their next game. He sprained his ankle, so it's hard to tell when he'll be back for that. Inflammation can be tricky to to tamp down. And then we have Philly-Boston and Lakers-Golden State. So those should be some fun series. I think Lakers-Golden State could go to seven. It's the media's, you know, dream to put LeBron in the Lakers versus Steph Curry in the Warriors again. I'm looking at all these series, and the only one that I think could... The one I see being the most lopsided is Philadelphia-Boston because I just question whether Embiid's going to play. But all those series should be pretty close. We can hope. But uh, if anything's been proven so far this year, it's that it's uh, hard to predict the playoffs. This is uh, tweeted out.
2: I think Denver is going to run over. I think Denver is by far the best team in the West now. You think? Yeah, really? For sure.
3: I wouldn't say by far. I would. Oh. It's kind of hard to tell, you know. With the Lakers and uh, the Suns, both of them just haven't been together for very long in their composition they're at now. Phoenix is just so shallow is the problem. They have Chris Paul, they have Devin Booker, they have KD,
1: but that's it. They're their top 3 players, right? KD, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker are playing like the top 5 most minutes in the playoffs so far, yeah. which is unsustainable, especially for, Chris for Chris Paul, Paul. That, gets, that gets hurt a lot, Kevin Durant gets hurt a lot. Uh, like those guys have miles on them, yeah, and that's just completely unsustainable. They trust no one on their bench. Their bench yep. is shot. Uh, it, it's just i I don't see the suns making it very far. I honestly see Denver rolling over the suns, and then Denver is going to get its first test in the conference finals with the winner of the Lakers warriors and I don't know. I don't know if Denver's tested enough that historically they've kind of collapsed in the playoffs whenever they face better or uh, stout competition, I would say. So we'll see how it is. Um, play I have a couple things I want to touch on. Playoff. Jimmy Butler is, oh my is my favorite is player. Insane. So good. Like the fact that Minnesota said nah. The fact that the Seventy Sixers didn't think he was committed to basketball and a good cultural fit. The Seventy Sixers decided that they should keep Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris instead. Yeah, right. Like G- playoff Jimmy is it? And yes, I don't know what it is. Um, he is committed to to basketball. It. I did read something that was kind of interesting. So the bubble, the NBA bubble in twenty twenty. You were siloed. It was a very uncomfortable situation uh, for many of their players not being able to, like, leave. Uh, Everything was live, breathe basketball. The two teams that made it to the finals, the L.A. Lakers and the Miami Heat, right? You have Jimmy Butler, who's committed to his craft in his game dedicated to basketball and, and you, you have, have their, LeBron their
3: James heat culture you know that's kind of their thing they all expect to be gym rats they have body fat weigh in like limits they have to be in before training camp like the heat are serious about that stuff and and then you
1: have LeBron James who is dedicated uh and those two guys basically willed their teams into that situation and at the end of it the heat just didn't have enough pieces and Jimmy Butler was tired because he was carrying that team and playoff. Jimmy is just a different animal. And I, he might go down as one of the best, like all time, best playoff players, not just best players in general, but when it comes to the playoffs, if I need someone to go get me a bucket, I think I'm picking Jimmy Butler to do that for me. Yeah. I I was talking about this with my wife and I
3: I was like, I don't know. I think Jimmy Butler is like if there are very few people in the playoffs this year, who are you taking over Jimmy Butler in the playoffs right now? Not a lot of people. I I (laughs) don't know. You know, Jimmy Butler is not the best player in the league, but I'm like, if I have to pick somebody to lead my team in the playoffs, it's like LeBron, Stephen Curry, maybe Giannis, although it didn't look good in those games against each other. He looked scared at the end of that game. Honestly, he didn't want to take a shot. I'm like, he is just a different thing. I haven't watched that much tape, but in my mind, this is what it looks like to uh, go up against Jordan in the playoffs. He just does whatever he wants, just scores. And then he'll defend you on the other side, too. It isn't like, you know, Stephen Curry's yeah. an okay defender,
1: but nobody's scared of Steph on defense. No, not at all. Jimmy will get you everywhere. Yeah, It's awesome. I love it. And another thing, so I, I watched the end of that heat. Celtics game right Uh, or sorry the heat Uh, Bucks game game six was it in uh, Milwaukee game five or game five yeah there was no game six game five how if you were Milwaukee how are you giving the ball at the end of the game to Grayson Allen like yeah why is why is Giannis not taking that shot and at least why isn't Chris Middleton taking that shot
3: it's actually a really good point. I saw a lot of criticism after that game of Mike Budenholzer because he didn't call timeout. They're like, he had timeouts and he didn't use them. I guess I missed the part where calling a timeout magically gets you points. You cannot score out of a timeout, too. People like to, like, if he would have called a timeout, they just would have magically won. And I agree with you, Kyle. You got two people on the floor who should end a game for you, and they both, they touched the ball and they passed it off. You don't get to pass it in that situation. This is what you get paid for. Either go get a bucket or lose the game. Nobody wants to lose the game with Grayson Allen Euro stepping his way down the tunnel while the clock expires. Like it's unacceptable. You have to take some, you know, responsibility there. And I felt like Giannis was incredibly passive for the last three minutes of those that game. And I didn't like it very much.
1: And Giannis committed an absolutely stupid foul. Oh, that was an awful At the end of the game, too. Like
3: he fouled a three-point jump shooter,
1: like, three steps behind the line. Yeah. No reason for it. If you want to, I, I hate saying that we should place the blame on one player, but if there is someone to place the blame on there, Giannis has to be looking in the mirror at himself there. Like, you knew that you committed that, that foul on that three-point shot at the end of the game. Go and get a bucket and make up for it. And you you look at the box score and he had 30 whatever and a lot of rebounds. But
3: you dig into that and the efficiency is not there. You want like 8 of 29 from the free throw line. You know, there's definitely things if he played up to a standard that we expect him, they win that game. So obviously it's not on one person, but that's why you get paid the big bucks. That's why you're the superstar. People are going to look at you.
1: Also, credit credit to the uh, Kings there. Valiant effort. But Steph went out and had an all-time performance yep. in a game seven to close out a series. The most points ever in a game seven. Yeah. Two days after laying a complete egg in are on their home court to close it out. Uh, Steph went out and scored. I think it was, he scored or assisted on 66 points in that game, which is insane. Absolutely insta- insane. Insane. Uh, he, just took over that game it was it was impressive so i mean good for the warriors the the kings gave it a valiant effort um i expected more from sabonis in this series he got honestly up by kevin come looney uh yeah <laughs> i was like i for a guy who
2: he, he got his chest stepped on what do you want from the man you get,
1: uh, when man. you get your chest stepped on you forget how to box out for the entire rest of the series <laughs>
2: Maybe you're just terrified
1: you? of Draymond Green for the rest of the series. I guess so, yeah. He's like, ah, I don't want to play hard. You uh, can have
3: the rebounds. Don't hurt me.
1: Yeah, I, I expected more out of Sabonis there, but, man, De'Aaron Fox made a, made a splash in this um, playoffs uh, this season, so I think the Kings will be exciting going forward, but, man, credit to Golden State there for, especially just Steph going out and closing out that series.
3: Yeah, the Kings have everybody locked up except for uh, Harrison Barnes. So they're looking good for the next two years, I think. I mean, that's all I got. So anything else?
2: I I assume you're going to say this much in our next segment, right, Kyle? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sounds good. I'm going to hold you to it. Do you you just want to end the segment? uh... No. no,
1: I will will let you lead just like Ariane led, and then I will uh, chime in.
2: All right, sounds good. I expect I expect a five, five minutes of deep breakdown of uh, the <laughs> NHL playoffs after I set the table for you.
1: All right, let me see if I can go grab some highlights real quick. <laughs> uh,
2: so the thing we talked about last week in the NHL playoffs, one of the big things was that um, home ice hadn't mattered that much, and that continued to be the case really um, in this last week. Um, home teams lost a lot of games, sixes and sevens that could have um, won them series or kept them alive, Um, including the biggest shocker, probably one of the biggest shockers in hockey history. You you remember at the end of the season I talked about the Bruins were probably one of the um, all-time great teams. They ended up losing the series in seven games to the Florida Panthers. The Panther – I believe the Bruins were up 3-1 in this series at one point. I'm trying to find – my app is not working, which is annoying. NHL app, get better. Um, anyway, Boston was up at least 3-2, maybe even 3-1 in this series. Um, came back – gave up seven goals in game six to lose that and then fell down in a 2-0 hole early in game seven. Battled back, took a 3-2 lead gave up the tying goal with less than a minute left, and then ended up losing it in overtime. In the end, goaltending is what cost Boston, right? The, the thing about playoff hockey is that good go- if you have really good goaltending, you can win a series when you're the worst, the worst team because your goaltender can just carry you. Same can be said the other way. You can lose a series when you're the better team if your goaltender just can't stop shots. And that's what it was for Boston. I don't think Florida was the better team this series, but their goalie was better. And oftentimes that's what matters most um, in the NHL playoffs is um, play of the goaltender. And Florida certainly won that one. And there you go. Boston, Boston was dominant all season. For the whole season, they only lost 12 games the entire year. And then they lose four out of seven. That's crazy. That is
1: crazy. Is that, is this one of the like biggest colossal failures in like the NHL playoffs ever?
2: I, mean, I don't, I don't know if I know enough of the history to say that. it's got to be one of them. Yes. I mean, I won't know, say it's the, I don't, I don't know enough NHL history to say that, but it's certainly one of them for sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, just looking at, like, how good, like, when you said they lost 12 games all season, just, I mean, I knew they were good, but when you said it out loud, that's crazy. It's like, yeah. you know, if the the Warriors, the whatever, 63, 70 win Warriors, I don't remember how many, their record-setting year where they won the most games, if they got out in the first round, or, you know, the undefeated Patriots who lost to those Giants, if they got out in the first round, like, that would be crazy. They all won in the championship game, which is where everyone assumed that this would end.
2: Yes. I mean, that's I picked them to win the championship in my bracket. I just thought that they were too good. Normally I don't pick the favorite, but in my mind, Boston was just too good not to. And then they like lose they were the literally pistol.
1: head and shoulders above every other competition all year. And to go up against that team and and just really give that series away is pretty wild.
2: Yeah. Florida was the worst team in the playoffs in terms of points, too, in either conference. So, yeah. That was, that was another surprising series, though, um, was the Avalanche also falling in seven games to Seattle um, in their second year as a franchise, I think. Um, yep. Yeah, should be Probably the second so. year. They get uh, their first ever playoff series victory in their, in first, their first playoff, playoff series. series. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, one for one. Yep, they uh, withheld an avalanche um, comeback attempt um, by winning two to one in Colorado. That was one. Seattle was up three two. Colorado goes into Seattle and wins to make it three three. But then Seattle goes to Colorado and wins Game Seven anyway. Like it's just crazy that home ice um, did not matter that much. So and I mean two.
1: That's your defending champion too. Yep. Like your defending Stanley Cup champion, so Yep, you're defending Stanley Cup champion.
2: Not not the number one seed in the West. That was Vegas and they did advance. But your number two seed your number one seed in the East and your two seed in the West um, are both out. So that that certainly changes the dynamics of those conferences. Um, we are almost completely done with the first round in the NHL. The last game seven is tonight with the Rangers playing in New Jersey against the Devils. Um, but the series that finished, Dallas knocked off Minnesota in six games. The Golden Knights took out the Jets in five. The Oilers took out the Kings in six. Um, Carolina took out the Islanders in six. And Toronto took out the Lightning in six as well. So uh, six-game series um, with a majority Four series got over in six, three and seven, and one and five. So no sweeps.
1: So Toronto uh, did it to me. Appeared to have that series in control, and I thought Tampa Bay was going to fight back. I, there was a game that I was watching. They were up three to one or four to one at one point, and then they lost in overtime. Uh, they let the yeah, Maple Leafs four. back into that game. Um, and i think that was a pretty pivotal moment in that series uh for those teams i when i that was the when we initially started about talking about the stanley cup playoffs that was the series that i was the most interested to watch um just because i thought tampa bay had a chance uh and i was kind of excited for a tampa bay boston bruins second round matchup um if it were to happen so i was hoping for a game 7 there but we didn't get it unfortunately so
2: and i am now seeing that uh boston's goalie was playing fairly injured um so that makes a difference too but still you you expect better play from that
1: so what's fairly injured for an nhl player like when you hear that is that is that like a six-week injury in the nfl is that a season-ending injury in major league baseball like how do we compare slightly injured in nhl
2: Yes, NHL players tend to um, play through more. I don't have what the exact injury is. The report just says it was a debilitating and painful injury that limited his mobility and technique. He was the best goalie in, 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 during the season, he'll, likely he'll win, win the trophy for being the best goalie, but uh, then he didn't, uh, wasn't able to do it when it mattered. So,
1: so I guess that begs the question then, at that point, if he is that injured and that hampered, are we not going to our backup goalie in that instance? Like, is it that big of a gap?
2: That's the question they're they're asking in Boston right now: Is should they have, but they didn't? And that's that. Any other thoughts on the NHL?
3: Yeah one one other thing about NHL, you were talking about injuries. There's a giant, you know, resting. Starters not playing, argument always happening in the NBA. Exact same season length as the NHL, and it just doesn't seem to be an issue for the NHL, who play a way more physical sport.
2: Yeah, you you don't see it. You occasionally see it, like right at the end of the season, like you're locked into your playoff spot. You know, like you see it in the NFL, but you don't. There's no load management days in the NHL. You don't see that.
3: Yeah, like it's such an issue in the NBA that they just wrote new rules for it into the CBA, which will over probably in the summer after we're done with the season but like whenever i hear people say the season's just too long you have to shorten it otherwise the guys can't play i'm like well, let's put you on some skates and run you into each other for that many games and see if you're thankful for just playing basketball after that
2: nhl is a much more physical sport for yeah. sure
1: yeah i would agree well with that mike for all of our listeners who are maybe a more casual hockey fan Second round matchups, what are you looking at? And is, is Vegas or Carolina the odds-on favorite now to win the Stanley Cup with Boston being out?
2: I would say Carolina's got to be the favorite. I mean, if you look at the standings, right, from the season, Carolina had the uh, second most points in the NHL, right? More than Vegas, and they had to play more games against Boston than Vegas did. So I'd say Carolina's the favorite, personally. Vegas would certainly be the favorite coming out of the West, but I'd say definitely Carolina is the favorite, especially because they're going to be rested, and whoever comes out of this Devils-Rangers series is not going to be, whereas Edmonton will have a little bit more time to rest um, before they um, play Vegas. so I would say Carolina's your favorite. I would look for them to advance over whoever they play. I think the most interesting series uh this round is going to be Stars Kraken. If you're looking for one series to watch, I'd watch Stars versus Kraken. Interesting to see if Seattle can continue that against a another um western conference foe what they did against um what they did against Colorado or if Dallas's power play that killed Minnesota will uh kill Seattle as well. Nice.
1: Cool. Well, there you have it, folks. That's uh What's going on in the NBA and the NHL right now? And as always, we all need a little edification here on the eighty-three eleven cast. So, Mike, what do you have for us this week in this edition of Mike Stupid Rules?
2: So, this week is going to be more of a trivia um, question. It's going to be what happens is going to be is this a box? That that that's your question. I'm going to need you all to guess. I'm going to explain a scenario. Run it on first less than two outs. The pitcher is on the rubber. He drops the ball. Is this a balk? Is this just a dead ball? Timeout. Is it a pitch that gets called a ball? How would you officiate that?
0: Say that again. Say it again hey, first. What, hey, it's what, a-
2: what, what, hold on, car? Hold on, Kyle. Hold on, Kyle. Runner on base. The pitcher is on the rubber and he drops the ball. It just falls out of his hand. He drops it. Is it just Gigi and just step off and time out. Is it a balk? Is it a ball? What is it?
0: I would say it's just a dead ball. Is that that movement supposed to deceive the runner? Okay, Okay,
2: so why it says dead ball. Well,
1: I think I've seen this before. Johnny Cueto pitching for the Royals. This happened. It was called a balk.
2: I'm going with a balk. I was also feeling balk. So that, that's the official guess. Ian and Kyle going with Bach, and Wyatt is going with um, going Dead ball. with just de- well, I guess live ball. I guess not a pitch, just whatever.
0: I mean, since he was on the rubber, it probably is actually a Bach, even though I don't know the Bach rule is so st- terrible anyway. Isn't isn't that like verbiage, like an unnatural movement that's supposed to like deceive somebody or that something?
2: Part of it, yes. That is one of the provisions for a Bach, but also any movement, any motion to deliver your pitch, which is not your normal motion with runners on base can be considered a balk. right? So since he was on the rubber, the ball left his hand, it wasn't his normal motion, that's a balk. Doesn't matter that that it was an accident or anything like that. That's a balk. You cannot drop the ball while standing on the rubber with a runner on base. It will be a balk. If nobody's on base... He's probably fine. But with a runner on base, that's a balk.
1: Yeah. I I think this happened if if my memory serves me right, uh when Johnny Coito pitched for the Royals, um one of his two years there, this this happened or one of his, Was he there for one or two years? Just one this happened to him and it was called in a game, so I think that's what my memory serves. That's why a lot of people uh get upset about um, Karen check who used to pitch for Cleveland. I don't know if he still does. Um, yeah, he does. But so Karen check would, if you ever seen him, he makes me anxious just watching him because he gets the ball and he like throws it up, catches it, throws it up, catches it, throws it up, catches it. Uh, even with runners on base. And that's why people were like, all you're doing is setting yourself up for the opportunity to, to drop the ball with runners on base and allowing the runners to advance. So,
2: but if it works for him, he was had a really good year last year. I don't know how he's been doing this year, but he was really good last year. So if it works for him. Any other questions on that, Will? I don't think so. All right. Tearing down, we've got a very full accountability session this week um, with the change of month here, um, among other things. So get it started. I predicted the Wolves would make the second round of the playoffs. Uh, next year at the time, it was at the end of the playoffs last year, I predicted this, which of course they didn't, losing to Denver. So I get a nah. Uh, and you predicted that Xavier Hutchinson would be a top 65 pick in the NFL draft. Um, he wasn't even in the top 165. So nah. nah. I predicted at least two Minnesota college or pro hockey teams would win the championship. The women's professional hockey team did win the championship, but none of the college teams um, or the Wild, of course, won the championship. So I get a, nah. nah. I did predict the Twins would play above 500 in March slash April, which they did do. They are 17 and 12 um, for March and April. So, ding, 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 ding,
4: ding, ding. ding.
2: Arian, oh, you predicted that the Timberwolves would get gentlemen swept by the Nuggets, which they did by barely holding on uh, in game four to force game five. Yeah. So, ding, 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 ding. I predicted that Memphis would not make the conference finals, which they uh, won't do with their loss to the Lakers. So, nah. Nah. Uh, no,
1: no,
2: sorry. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, they did right. make it. Yes,
1: I was also confused.
2: No one's right. My bad. My bad.
3: We just make whatever noise you tell us to make.
2: Yep. <laughs> Your followers, not leaders.
0: Oh, no. Behind the curtain.
2: Um, Josh predicted the Bucks will win the series, which, of course, Iron said they did not. So, nah. Nah, nah. And Kyle, you predicted one of the Merck drivers will win at Baku, but um, one of the Merck drivers, Hamilton was the. Highest muck drive, and he finished sixth. So that's yeah. very much not right. So nah. 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 that is it for our accountability session. So to put stuff um, back on the board, I'm going to predict that the Chicago White Sox, who have just been awful this year, they've they're, uh, lost 10 out of 11, and they're now uh, 8 and 21, but are somehow still not in last in the AL Central. Kyle, the Royals also suck. Um, mm-hmm. The White Sox are going to be in last at the end of May. The Royals catch up,
1: man. I, I don't believe in the Royals and. It's just it's. uh It's unexpected when you see that the Royals win a game. Um, so. Boy, the White Sox have been especially bad and they don't seem to care either um
2: there are seven games between kansas city and chicago this month and that might be the
4: difference do we have like fan graphs predictions do they
2: i mean they don't do month by month but it still predicts chicago to finish ahead of kansas city for the year Yeah, Um, Fangraphs projects the White Sox still at 73 wins, the Tigers at 69 and the Royals at 66 come the end of the year. Double? The schedules are similar in difficulty I would say.
1: Yeah, that's my gut reaction was a double. I mean, they're both just so bad. (laughs) And literally, like the games between the teams are probably going to decide it. I mean, that, that's fine with me.
0: Double? Sounds good to me. Double it is. Do you have anything from Josh this week? Is he still alive?
2: He, he is still alive, and he does have a prediction. He is jumping on the Rowdy Telez bandwagon, um, and he is going to predict that Rowdy Tellez gets to at least 10 home runs by the end of the day someday. Like, not for the week, for the season, obviously. Oh,
3: I was like, that is insane. Um, Didn't we do this last year with Rowdy?
2: We might have. He's got eight right now, for what it's worth. So two home runs this week. How many Um, games do they have? Probably six. Let me look. I don't think they play today. Yeah. Three, Three at Colorado, for what it's worth, and then three at San Francisco. Colorado's not good, and that's a hitter's ballpark. I would probably say double for this. Two home runs in a week, double.
3: Yeah, he's hitting like one every 3.12 games.
2: So, yeah, double, maybe a single, but I'd be willing to go double. uh,
3: Numbers say it's a a single, but I think it's harder to hit home runs than that, so I, I would agree, probably a double.
2: And he's playing above his career average right now, so.
3: Yeah. That works for me.
2: All right, double
0: it is. I will predict something that I think I've already probably predicted, or something similar anyway. That uh, on Memorial Day, the Pirates will be above the Brewers in the NL Central standings.
2: So right now they are. They are a game and a half ahead of the Brewers. Um, the Pirates have been the Cinderella story of the season so far. Will they come back to earth? Who knows? They do lead off the month with Tampa Bay. Um, They got, a again, a similar schedule to Milwaukee, maybe a bit tougher. I'm between a single and a double for this since they're already ahead.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, I feel like I lean towards single. I'll say single. You guys think that the Pirates are going to maintain that? I haven't seen anything that says they haven't. They haven't started slipping yet, I guess. Yep, That's fair.
4: And they're already there. Not by a lot.
3: If you told me flip a coin, that wouldn't bother me.
1: 50-50?
2: I'm going to say double, and I'll let you two decide what you want to say.
1: I'm saying single. I agree.
4: Single? Yep. Boo.
1: What do you got, Kyle? Uh Warriors versus Heat finals.
2: So according to five thirty-eight, the Warriors have a 14% chance of making the finals, and the Heat have a seven percent chance of making the finals. So the quick math on that says that that's about a 1% chance of that happening. So this is probably a home run. All right. Uh, you yeah. have a reason to not say it's a home run
3: um other than my utter and complete belief that jimmy butler's a complete stud uh no we can give it a home run
2: why aren't you good
4: with that yeah that's fine
3: what do you got aryan Sticking with the uh, the NBA, I'm gonna make my prediction that Jimmy G buckets and the Heat are gonna defeat the Knicks and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. The only problem with that is we don't know how much Jimmy Butler's gonna play with that sprained ankle.
2: That's true, but even um, does that factor that in for the Heat? I'm wondering. I don't think does, so because it does factor in injuries.
3: Okay, they don't but know but if he's even gonna play. In yet?
2: Butler's injury yet? That's the question.
3: Because he is um, just questionable currently, I believe, for game right. two.
2: It factors O's injury in already. I know that for sure. Um it is not
4: factoring in um Butler's injury for what it's worth. What um, percentage does it give him?
2: Seventy. 70, wow, okay. Without factoring in Butler's injury, it gives him 70. I don't know if you could uh, convince me that Butler's injury turns it from 70 to less than 40. <laughs> so I'm still leaning towards single.
3: I didn't know it was going to be
4: that high. But yeah, I'm cool with that. That's fine.
2: Kyle, Wyatt, thoughts?
0: No, that numbers don't lie. I know, feels- well, until they do, but... Firmly in the... In the single category. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with two singles, two doubles, and a home run, that concludes our Write That Down prediction segment, which means we're at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for dropping by this week's episode of the 8311Cast, episode 221. From now until next week's episode, be sure to check in with our social media pages at 8311Cast on both Instagram and Twitter. Signing off for the 8311Cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersch. Mike Ludwig. Arian Barry. And Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you all again next week. Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones! Go Cyclones!